Hello, folks. Welcome to Courtside Wellness. I'm your host, Brandon St. Croix, former athlete and current sports social worker. On today's episode, we're joined by Warren Clark from the University of Michigan at Ann Arbor. Warren Clark is a lecturer and staff at University of Michigan. He's been instrumental in implementing the sport and social work certificate at the University of Michigan. He's been a pioneer in the field of sports social work, mostly around his work in terms of coaching and bringing positivity and positive psychology with youth sports. Today, we're honored to talk about this topic with Warren and discuss the changes in sports social work since the mini-conference in 2012 at the University of Michigan. Thank you and enjoy. And folks, we're back with Warren Clark, intermittent lecturer and staff at the University of Michigan. Thanks, Warren, for joining us today. Well, hi, Brandon. Thank you so much for having me. It's an honor and a real pleasure to be here and talk with you. I'm looking forward to um, uh, our conversation about uh, uh, coaching and specifically around strength-based and using positive psychology to uh, to uh, uh, work with especially youth in coaching. And it's great to have you on because I remember, again, our experience in the conversations go back over a decade there when University of Michigan started a lot of the work around sports social work and offering the first mini course. Yeah, that's true. Uh, uh, you remember that, and I'm, I'm so glad you got in touch. It, it's been a it's been a really great uh, uh, time of growth for sports social work in our school. And uh, thanks to folks like you stay in touch and and really continue to promote this this sort of new area. Uh, it's really fantastic. So thank you. And in terms of your own journey, in terms of social work and sport, like I said, you've seen it from both sides in terms of a coaching aspect, like you said, as well as, like I said, your career as a social worker. How did the merge happen for yourself? Well, you know, I had worked, uh, I had worked in, uh, as a medical social worker when I finished my MSW and uh, uh, worked in hospitals. And then in 1997, I started working at the School of Social Work. And I had always been uh, passionate about sports and played in sports. But it was around, uh, as I started to coach my son's baseball team, um, I really, I, I, I thought I was going and signing up to coach hitting and, and pitching and batting and those kinds of things. So when I got to the field, especially as the kids, you know, got into that six, seven, eight-year-old area, I really started to see who was showing up on the field. And I had kids with, who had a lot of attention problems, kids who maybe were coming from uh, stressful households, uh, one-parent households, uh, or two-parent households, even where there was just a lot of chaos in the home, kids who had trouble forming relationships and getting along with one another, couldn't follow directions. And so I remember distinctly thinking, you know, boy, I'm glad I'm a social worker because there's so much more to it. I just wanted to coach hitting. And here I am having to, you know, having to, um, to do uh, to, just to use my professional skills as well. Um, I showed up as the typical mom or dad who wanted their kid to live, uh, li live through my kids' baseball playing and, you know, uh, do the things and make it to the major leagues that I didn't do and all that. And boy, I, it, was a, it was a rude awakening as I started to coach. The thing that got me uh, really thinking about the merge was as I coached, 
I would go into work in the Office of Field Education, uh, where I worked at University of Michigan, and would talk to my colleague, Bill Vanderwill, about what the experience was like coaching, and he knew my son. And, and so, uh, you know, we always, we started to really uh, talk about how social work played a role, because I talked to him about the kids and their needs. And then one winter, um, I got noticed that the uh, Rich Maloney, who was the uh, Michigan baseball coach, men's ba- baseball coach uh, at that time, was offering a clinic on coaching. And so uh, I went to that clinic. It was five and a half hours of coaching, and he brought his playbook, and you had pizza and salad, and it was all for $10. So it was a really great deal. And as I sat there, the light bulbs were just going off uh, in terms of how what he was talking about and working with his college kids, how it could trans translate into working with younger kids and where I could use my social work skills, especially behavioral psychology, in terms of working with the kids, how to engage with them, how to assess them, how to structure practices. And so I took that back and talked with Bill about that, and we started to really just have conversations around uh, how this could, how this could develop. So that was really my merge. Uh, there were other things happening at the school during that same time that really <clears throat> uh, pushed that whole area along for us as a program. But that was my my uh, my personal uh, merge into sports and social work, and I was just thrilled. And even like I said, when you think about the values and the ethics behind social work and in terms of, you know, the values and ethics that a coach would have, the two are very similar. Yes, they really are. You know, and I start off with uh, uh, in just thinking about service, you know, uh, in social work, one of our, fir- our first values is around service. And so a coach is, is you know, providing a service to that team, to the parents, um, <clears throat> to the community. And so I mean, that's really where it starts. The, um, there's social justice issues in coaching with uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion. And so, again, I started to structure all of my, all of my practices in the way I had the kids engage with each other around talking and just making reference to diversity and how it's okay for people to be different from one another and teaching them to be accepting you know, in equity, everybody gets an equal chance to be captain. Everybody gets a chance to bat first. Um, and, and everyone was included. They got to play the different positions. <clears throat> and I empowered the kids in, in practices to um, just have things as simple as, a co- as Coach Maloney taught. The first thing you do in a team is you go and you look that other person in the eye and you shake hands with them. And then you build it from there in terms of just building character and emphasizing that importance of human relationships and the dignity and worth of the person. So everything that we did in terms of our pre-game meeting, our post-game meeting, empowering the kids to set goals, giving them specific adult attention time, all were things that reinforced those kinds of values. Right out of and our profession. You- and by using those skills and by using that approach, what were some of the benefits you found from the youth? Well, I think that the, <clears throat> I think that the youth, they, I think they had more fun. You know, there weren't, uh, there wasn't a, a lot of pressure to, to perform. I think they were freer to get better and work on the skills and, uh, 
I think that was a benefit. Now, did we win more games? I don't know. But I think the kids had a, had a really good experience. And, you know, I didn't really evaluate them at the end to say, well, you know, what kind of life skills or social emotional learning took place. But just in terms of teaching them how to get along, you could see that, that some of these things, just from observation, that, um, that there was a benefit. There weren't kids moping around or hanging their head low. No one ever got disrespected or yelled at or that you wouldn't tolerate the kids you know, in their relationships with each other. So I think there was the opportunity for the kids to learn that. And we make sure that we structure fun in. You know, I always had fun activities at the end of the practice. And when the kids were littler, or and even the older kids, I would take, I would take a styrofo those styrofoam four by eight sheets of insulation and draw circles on them and cut different size holes out and have the kids throw. So they're practicing their throwing, but also it's a contest and a competition. The winner uh, would then receive some baseball cards. And again, knowing and structuring that activity along the lines of knowing that a lot of these kids have trouble paying attention. You didn't have one. I had to set up two stations so the kids wouldn't have to wait in a long line and have a tendency to lose, you know, just lose their attention uh, on that activity so it could keep moving. And so it was consistent with what I had observed about what, what worked best for a lot of those kids. So fun, playing kickball at the end of practice. So I, I, think, they, I think if you emphasize having fun, it also really, you know, it, the kids benefit from playing, just playing with each other, you know. And I think that's a great point there as well. Again, just the fact that kids are able to enjoy sport and have fun. Because again, one thing we're seeing, you know, currently across not just Canada, not just America, but across the world is a decrease in, in sport and also an increase in, in youth dropping out of sport. But again, if we can really instill that part of having fun, positive values, positive coaching and strength-based coaching, we can see a more holistic and healthy and positive youth. Yeah, that's a, that's a great point. And I guess it's, it's kind of global. The, um... The, uh, I, I like the Aspen Institute Project Play um, out of Colorado, and they have offices around, but that's their sports division, and they, they do a lot of qualitative uh, and quantitative um, research. And, you know, their statistics would, would suggest that uh, kids, by the time they're 15, about 70% of them are dropping out of, out of sports, and that's... Um, you know, that, that's quite a hefty amount. And from their research, it says that it's parents and coaching that, uh, that uh, the, the kids identify as reasons why they don't want to play. You know, we always tell the kids, go have fun. And then, you know, the coach might start yelling at them or their parents might start yelling at them. And it's like, well, this isn't fun. So we have to, when we tell the kids to go have fun, we have to really back that up. And I think positive coaching and structuring your whole team and even the way you engage with the parents, other coaches, um, we can really model some positive behavior for those, for those kids. Maybe they'll stick around and play longer. And to be able to provide that, you know, safe environment. And when we think about safe, you know, it's not just physically safe, but emotionally and mentally safe environment as well. You know, how can we structure with the coaches, with the parents, with the, organizations to provide that safe environment 
especially for youth who've experienced trauma in the past. And we know in terms of trauma, safety is a big part of that. Yeah, it, it really is. And, and I think that's where having the training along the lines, and it's like not every coach has to be a social worker, but in employing and applying those kind of concepts of, of diversity, equity, and inclusion can, can really uh, create that kind of a safe environment so that kids can, can learn um, and, uh, you know, as you say, to be safe. I never, when I coached, I didn't use the word trauma-informed coaching, but in a lot of ways, employing and applying the concepts of diversity, equity, and inclusion really does get to sort of giving the opportunity for the kids to work through or work on some of their trauma by if they have if they've had trouble forming trust or relationships, they get a chance to form that with the coach and their players. Um, so what many of the situations that, that maybe where they've experienced trauma, they get a chance to be safe and sort of have new positive experiences around that area. I think that's a, a really great uh, benefit to a, to a well-trained, you know, a strength-based or someone who <clears throat> uses positive psychology and coaching. And like, I love the part we talked about the inclusion as well, because again, Sports should be for everybody, you know, who wants to be able to be involved and connected. Again, no matter what your ability is, no matter what your level of uh, athleticism is, but being able to develop an inclusion level as well. And again, I know a lot of work has been happening around Michigan and in Detroit around inclusion for sport as well. Yeah, and that's kind of where we get into. Uh, uh, to me, that that brings up the idea of merging uh, sports social work into the social work education. Uh, we have uh, social, as we all know, uh, bachelor's level and master's level social workers are required to complete internships out in the community agencies. We have more and more sports social work focused folks coming in. And these are the people then that can go and work in some of these agencies that have uh, come about and develop, help develop training programs for the coaches people, the youth, the youth sport workers at the agencies <clears throat> uh, to be able to set up training programs um, in order to teach the positive uh, strength-based coaching. And that's a great point in terms of education piece. Like I said, you know, going back to 2012 when Michigan had the first um, mini conference for sports social work. And how has grown since then? So how has that concept come together and saying, okay, we should offer you know a merging of these two fields? Well, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, you know, it grew step by step, and and as in 2012, and as Bill and I were talking um, about realizing where uh, how I was using social work as an intervention, there were many students in our program who had been former collegiate athletes and many of whom had, who had played in sports at Michigan. And so the students came to us in the field office and started expressing this kind of interest. And so this, a lot of this was <clears throat> initiated by the students. They wanted to figure out how do we start promoting sports social work. And so they had the idea of having, we had a, they had a set up a half day panel so a few of us were on that panel to talk about it. 
and it was well attended and we got good evaluations. So they moved to establishing the uh, uh, a national conference uh, for a one-day conference. Uh, and so that went well. And so then as Bill and I were talking, you know, we we got the idea. I mean, social workers have to have continuing education credits in order to maintain our license. So we talked with our continuing education program about developing a CE program for social workers to introduce this area about what is sports social work and and uh, how you might apply it. And you know, on a funny aside, in those days when Bill and I were setting up some of these first courses, we, we, we were scratching our heads. It's like, well, who are we going to get for guest speakers? And we could barely think of anyone. And, and we laughed years and years on. It's like, well, now we have the pool of guest speakers is so broad and so deep. We, we don't know who to ask. So it was one kind of funny uh, measure of, of growth and interest. But that's how it came about. The students uh, developed a their own sport association. And then the other thing that started to happen was um, our school offers uh, for the incoming class orientation mini courses uh, during the orientation period. And so we were allowed to develop a, a sports social work program uh, mini course uh, for those students. Uh, it was uh, two days to two half days. And so... Um, it was, you know, that really piqued a lot of interest. Some students came in who were uh, already interested in sports social work. And from our own evaluations and student feedback, we found that a lot of students hadn't thought that this might be a possibility and really took off and started to work to uh, formulate or develop their whole MSW program uh, so they could be trained in all the components of sports social work mental health, substance abuse, a lot of these kinds of things. And so from that, we started to understand if the students are coming in, they're interested in internships. And the only thing in 2012, once in a while, we could get a student placed at the athletic department. But uh, there were very, very few options. So we started to do a little bit of community outreach. We, the students did some community outreach. Um, and... Uh, you know, slowly, and, and agencies just started to um, started to uh, to boys and girls clubs and racket up Detroit. And so a lot of these agencies just started out. The professional sports teams in Detroit uh, partnered with a community agency uh, and with Mitch Album, uh, one of the uh, well-known uh, newspaper and uh, author in Detroit, and they set up a community program. So. It was really a coming together of things were happening in the community. They were happening at our school, which was a wonderful process of uh, us, uh, Bill and I, in the field office, the students, the administration being open to letting us develop. And so it just all start. It just took off, you know, uh, step by step. To now, you know, ten years later, we're, we're uh, this spring. We we start offering our continuing education social work and sports certificate. So, uh, you know, Brandon, as we develop the uh, continuing education program in sports social work and the orientation uh, for incoming students in sports social work, uh, we, we started to get requests 
from some of the uh, social workers in the community, as well as the students, in terms of expressing interest in having their field placements in agencies where they use sports as an intervention. Well, in 2012, again, we didn't have very many of those agencies that we already knew about. Uh, we, every once in a while, we could have a student placed at the athletic department, but the number of students and the interest that was starting to get generated, would, our field agencies would, could nowhere support uh, that interest. So we started to do outreach from the field office, building on relationships that we already had with community agencies, finding out some new agencies that were developing that use sports, such as Racket Up Detroit or the YMCA, the Boys and Girls Clubs. Um, and the students were doing outreach, our faculty. So we really started to focus a lot on uh, these collaborative outreach efforts so that we could offer this um, uh, to, the, to our, our students who wanted to train as sports social workers. And it's great to see, like I said, the growth that it has. And like I said, you know, you guys still continue to offer the certification of sport and social work certification at the University of Michigan for our students. And, you know, what population of social workers would you recommend that program for? Well, I think that, um, you know, I think certainly any, uh, that's a great question. Thank you. Uh, because I think of it, I think of it as a lifespan issue and a lifespan focus. Uh, certainly folks who are working uh, with youth want to work with youth. Um, I think it lends itself really well to uh, MSW candidates who are interested in becoming school social workers. Uh, it automatically puts you in a, in a setting where there are sporting activities as well as other kinds of clubs that maybe aren't as sport focused or robotics. Uh, I know is, is, uh, has been really big. And there are teams, competition. Um, I think, in, again, in, in the uh, YMCA, we had a student working in our local YMCA, and he uh, did an assessment with the teenagers at the, at the local chapter. They wanted to start a kickball league. And so he, they were empowered, and he helped them to uh, be able to, to, to get that going. So those kinds of programs... Um, I know in Detroit, there's there there is wrestling, uh, professional sports teams, who have social. I had a social work director in the agency that they that the Tigers and Alliance supported. There was a social worker who was the director of that program. So folks who any folks who who are in management or program directors, uh, people who want want to write grants if there are administrators out there. Um, for programs, the funding and resources are, is always a great, really great big issue. And an area that uh, I think hasn't gotten much attention at all and that I'm really interested in based on my, my uh, MSW training and experience in gerontology is how can we make sure that as people age and maybe become ill, can't live on their own anymore, uh, I know as folks end up going to assisted living or some facility, even if it's a daycare center, and they get cut off. There's so many losses, and they get cut off from their sports background and really their whole life. And so the St. Louis Cardinals uh, developed a model that was based on a soccer uh, uh, in Scotland through the Alzheimer's Association called the St. Louis Cardinals Reminiscence League. 
And so it's a whole program for folks to get together and just have, um, uh, you know, in reminiscence, you're applying, you're appealing to all the senses. So they'll wear their team gear, they'll watch old tapes, they'll listen to uh, old radio broadcasts. So they have days and they have meetings where, um, where they can uh, still participate in sports. And so I think the social workers who work with gerontologists and in, in, in facilities, I think this is a great training for them. Our, our, our certificate training is going to have, uh, have a, a one dedicated session uh, to, um, to gerontology. So keeping people connected, is I, I see that as a major issue and something that, that social workers can be part of. And it's a great point there, Ryan. Like I said, there's so many gaps in the areas, like I said, in terms of developing that larger base, in terms of how we mm -hmm. kind of come together in collaboration would definitely help close those gaps in effective ways. Yeah, that, that's a great point. And in terms of yourself, you know, what is one area you'd like to see in terms of, you know, growth for the field? Obviously, you've seen, you know, it's been a lot of changes in 10 years in University of Michigan from the mini conference, you know, to, you know, what that's grown into the Alliance of Social and Sport in terms of other university institutions growing with it. What would you say is the next step you can see coming for, you know, sports social workers specifically? Well, I think, I think that, um, uh, schools of social work can can start to bring this in to their curriculum. And we've sort of, when we were building this program at Michigan, we really, we really understood that one of the things that we wanted to do was to be able to head the training in a direction that would be able to merge into the academic curriculum along with continuing education and field education so that we could train more people. And we know from our experience that that can that's it can be a kind of an uphill uh, a push because schools aren't always they don't always have the capacity to add more areas in the curriculum for one thing, and they don't. It's not always clear exactly how using sport as an intervention really does uh, integrate in and merge with social work. So I think schools of social work are in terms of being able to, um, uh, to maybe read the, read the uh, things about what we did at Michigan to build this and develop their own path toward building an educa solid educational program so that we can just train more and more and more people to go out there and, and uh, uh, apply, apply the skills and continuing the education. No, great point there for sure. As we know, you know knowledge is power. Mm -hmm. One thing we often do here at Courtside in terms of, you know, how we wrap things up is we call our rapid questions. So in your okay. opinion there, Warren, what would you say makes a well athlete? Well, I think a well athlete is one who's open to learning. And sometimes we call that being coachable, which is a good thing for all of us. But I, I think that makes a well athlete uh, one that's just open to learning and, and to being, being able to, to coach and you know, great point for sure. Again, you know, you know, goes back to the part around education and the constant learning. What is one word of advice you wish you could give your younger self? Persistence. 
definitely needed in this field for sure in terms of sports social work. And, you know, I think the only way it was it was going to grow was through the persistence that, you know, the individuals like yourself and Bill Vanderbilt who really kind of pushed this, you know, at the forefront. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you have to go through a lot of obstacles in sports to be able to put up with and to be able to navigate through the competition and and a lot of the things that go on and some of the negative influences. So you really do have to be persistent uh, in, in as an athlete as well as as a professional in that area. For sure. And what would you say brings you peace currently? Well, um, I think that uh, um, professionally what's bringing me peace is is just to see how sports social work has grown so much in the, in 10 years. Uh, Bill and I sit back and talk about that and reflect on, on that growth. And, and that is, it's satisfying. Um, and it, it does bring, it does bring a lot of peace through excitement of, uh, of all of that. And so, yeah, that's, a, that's really, a, yeah. <laughs> Definitely great to see the growth there in the field. And again, thank you so much for joining us today for today's episode of Course of Wellness. It's truly appreciated. Well, uh, it's been my pleasure, Brandon. I, I really can't thank you enough for your work and, um, you know, being part of, of our whole collaboration to, to uh, promote sports social work as such a viable uh, option uh, and that can combine people's passion and their professional life. Thank you. Thank you. And stay well. Folks, if you enjoyed today's episode and want to check out other episodes, check us out on Spotify, Apple, Audible, and Podbean. You can also follow us on social media at Wellness Athletic Services on Facebook and Instagram. If you have any questions or ideas for the show, feel free to email us at wellnessathleticservices at gmail.com. Thank you and stay well. Mm-hmm.